All right, so this has been one of my favorite episodes to record. It's our monthly show where we recap all the biggest news in the sport. And although we live in the same borough in New York City, we are miles and miles apart now because we're both self-quarantined in different places. I'm in New Jersey. You're still holding it down out in New York and in Queens. All right, Matt, what, is it, what has it been like in the, in the city these past couple, uh, the past like two weeks or so? Well... It's been weird. It's been so strange. I mean, I so for for me specifically, like I think about certain like little benchmarks for me. Like I stopped riding the train about a little over two weeks ago. So that's like March eleventh was the last day I took the train. Um, today's we're recording this on the twenty seventh. Um, so it's been over two weeks since I've taken the train. It'll be, um, as of Sunday, it'll be two weeks since I've gone into work. Um, it'll be two weeks since I've seen other people other than, like, my quarantine partner, Jesse, and my dog, and, like, the people you run into at the store. But it's, it is so strange. I mean, the weirdest part, you go into the parks, and it's packed. All the parks, like, running is very, very popular right now because my job, I'm a fitness instructor out here. I, I coach at an, an indoor running studio, Mile High, and we got shut down. Everybody got shut down. All gyms are closed. Anything fitness like that, it is suspended until who knows when. But because of that, one of the things that is okay within the within our six foot social distance confine is that running is still okay so people are like shit i think i'm gonna try running so like everybody and their mom is out here trying running um you go into the city and you'll get like the parks that are packed but then fifth avenue is empty and it's the weirdest it is it is so strange i like I don't even know how I've ne- I, like the closest I've ever seen to this was like in 2015. Um, there was a blizzard out here that shut the subway down. And I remember um, I was going home from, I can't remember if I was bartending or if I was visiting a friend's bar, but I was coming back from Manhattan and I had to get on the 49th street uh, station. So right outside of Times Square and I could, you could look straight down, um, straight down Broadway, and I saw a man on cross-country skis, alone, like skiing down the avenue, and that was the only other time I've seen New York this empty, and that was like again like a state-mandated thing, and people are like, yo, when the because basically when the train shuts down, city shuts down. Now right now train is still open, but for most part people are staying inside. It's 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 weird. You go to all the bars are shut down. I mean, you've kind of like hinted at this. There seems to be like the potential for a big running boom, and the New York Times wrote about it pretty soon after like the um, the shutdown started to happen. So like you know, who knows down the road, these fitness studios, the mile highs, and all that will get more business because there's more runners. Yeah. But for this at this point in time, how hard has that been for you? 
Well, I'm unemployed right now. Um, it's we're we're, we're basically doing. Uh, I, I'm I'm teaching classes on Instagram Live, where it's uh, a pay if you can donation thing. Like I'm lucky that uh, I've like saved money over the years, and like we're definitely tapping into that right now. Not really what I was expecting to spend that on but like i know i'm not the only one basically any person in the fitness industry is out of a job right now um specifically in new york just because it's like we rely so heavily on engagement one-on-one like working in a group in a class setting um the same thing can be said for any of the running team any running crews any teams clubs what have you like that is people a lot of them in the same space and that's exactly what we're not supposed to be doing right now so it's definitely hitting hard um i'm using it as an opportunity to get creative on how it is i can still work with people um i'm lucky that i can still uh still teach these online classes and we're we're continuing to build with that that i I still have like my one-on-one running clients that i coach um because running isn't canceled so far <laughs> we're gonna keep that rolling but um yeah it's uh it is it is it is so insane right now i never thought that this would be a thing like this is this is my number one thing i think about when i go on my runs right now is i just kind of like turn it over in my head and i'm doing most of my runs out here in queens and so i'll be looking at the city and just kind of trying to process everything so for people who do want to somewhat help out because i mean this podcast like you've got a lot of people who seem to enjoy you where can they find you and like where can they chip in here and there well besides the fact that um dog squats doggo squats are definitely trending um please keep that just because that brightens people's days um if you wanted to donate to Mile High Run Club, myself and all the other coaches, you can always check out our Instagram. We have a link. I believe it's our GoFundMe. Um, and with that, we're able to uh, you're able to donate, sorry. Um, you're able to donate directly to coaches right there. You can also just buy some cool Mile High merchandise. We got shirts, we got merch. People love merch. And uh, if you're looking to help me one-on-one, hey, I love coaching runners. So if you have some goals, I don't know when your next race is coming up, but hey, reach out to me. I'd love to help you make that happen. But for you, yeah. Boston was like the next big one. Yeah, uh, Boston, my next big one. Uh, New York City half got canceled. How are you feeling about that? You happened to uh, you were smart though. You you saw all these races were getting canceled, and you somehow found the last remaining sanctioned race in New York City, which was a um, half marathon on a boardwalk in uh, by Rockaway Beach, where it was only like two hundred people. Not even, even then. People. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, the field is it, super they small. Capped, so. They capped the event at two hundred, and I there were about fifty. There was uh, oh, so enough space for everyone to to really give each other that six feet of social distance. And I and I and I made sure to give myself six feet of distance. I just took it out from the gun, and I didn't let anybody get close to me. And you won the damn thing. And I won the damn thing. I literally I I, I, t- I text uh um Kirsch the the day before. I was like, hey, so I found this race. Uh, I think I'm just gonna go win it. I don't I don't know who's gonna be there, but 
I think I'm just going to go win it. There weren't very many people there, but we got into it. I was lucky that I got in. For you, has it been tough to try and not scratch that itch of, like, the what if? Like, what if, what could I have run, like, at New York City Half? What could I have run in Boston? And how do you try and spread out that sort of fitness to the summer? Because you're not the only one. Everyone had races this spring that they were looking forward to. um, And now they're off the calendar. So as a coach, what do you recommend in terms of just, like, that postponing that excitement, sort of? Well, I have, uh, luckily I have a lot of great people in my corner advising me that, um, the, the first thing that, um, that, that was presented to me, they're like, all right, let's take this as a positive. You basically think about this as just an an uninterrupted marathon cycle. You went through basically all but four weeks of it and the race itself. So it's like, cool. Bam, you got all that fitness in under your belt. Now, obviously, we're not going to be as sharp and tuned, but whenever you look at someone's true running potential, it's not like, yo, what can I do in 12 weeks or what can I do in six months? But rather, we start to look really big picture thinking like, wow, I mean, personally, the reason I'm able to run like I am right now is because I've had like four uninterrupted cycles where I haven't gotten injured. I have been doing the right things. And like all that fitness is cumulative. So you can do the same thing with your fitness. Like, sure, we all missed out on our key races. And that is like such a bummer. But use it as a chance to be like, all right, cool. I peaked up there and I'm going to pull back a little bit. Um, Use it as a chance to continue to refine your your base, your aerobic base, right? That easy running, which a lot of the times we skip. Um, now is not the time to get like, I don't know, maybe best in your best mile shape or your best 5K shape for like that kind of speed work. But really you can get in some amazing mileage at this point. You've got time to double. If, you, if, you're, if you're someone who responds well to that, you have time to sleep and recover and prioritize that because all the other shit isn't in the way. And like, that's what I've been trying to like, that's something I always try to do. Whenever like a challenge comes towards you, how do you reframe it as a positive? Like, boom, everything that you, you're you too busy to do in normal training, cool. You're in a brand new cycle right now where you get to essentially work like a professional athlete. Like, I think um, Kyle Merber put this great piece up on Twitter and he was like, I've never felt so exposed until now that my wife is working from home. And he said something like, like it was like, quote, I guess I'll go foam roll for a third time today. Uh. <laughs> and like uh. the fact that you get to really prioritize like getting in your run, eating right. We you're, you're we're focusing on cooking at home, uh, taking a nap. How often do we get to just nap and sleep in and prioritize those things? So like I'm taking it and, and it's as a chance in the fact that we're all running alone. This is a chance to build like your own mental fortitude. A lot of the times like we can lean on a group and I love training in a group and like having people to work through hard stuff definitely makes it easier. So now, all right, chin up buttercup. It's time to do this on your own for a little bit and that's totally okay. Challenging though it is, you're going to come out better for it on the other side. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm fortunate to still be, you know, totally healthy. Running has been going pretty well. And yep. like 
It's like I've been trying to maintain that positive outlook toward things where I keep looking at the days and thinking it's like, wow, it's it just continues to feel more and more like I'm at some sort of like cross country camp where, you know, maybe during the day um, working, you know, the regular nine to five. And then after that, go for a run. Then it's dinner. Then it's just hanging out, relaxing, foam rolling, having a glass of wine or something like that, chilling out and then repeating that cycle day after day. It's not that bad of a life. Yeah, I'd say that's it, it, it. It's these these things that we don't have time for. So like, you know what? Maybe you can start putting in like ten minutes of meditation and to get like your mindfulness on lock. It's you got the time for it. <laughs> the all the things that we don't normally like. I've been I've been looking at like how much more recovered I am daily. Like I'm running about the same mileage, but the fact that like, I'll look at my daily steps. The fact that I'm not clearing 30,000 steps every single day from commuting has done my body wonders. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm running on, like, the towpath here in Princeton and, like, and so that's soft surface. Then I'll hop on, you know, the Princeton University track on Saturdays. And so, like, that's, you know, a very good track. I was joking around it. I was like, you know what? My body is going to be totally fine after this. Like, it's gonna, like I'm going to be in pretty good shape. So, You're going to be in shape. Yeah. Maintaining uh, a lot of positivity is key. I think that's going to – that's, like, for all of us. That's, like, the key of how you work through this is, like, positive outlook on it. Use it reframe it as an opportunity to do something with it. Uh, so the last podcast that I taped was with Ryan Welsh, and we kind of just went through all of the news that uh, with all the races being canceled and coronavirus, we took a deep dive into it. Um, and the last thing I think that was still kind of on the table was the Olympics. And Ryan had made a note that it's like the big, ne- next big domino to fall will be, you know, athletes and, and team and, and like these countries pulling out of the Olympics. So kind of like very soon after that podcast drops. I would say within a day or two, uh, you start to see a lot of that. Jake Riley on the track side of things was like one of the first athletes to be like, I'm good with an Olympic postponement. Then mm-hmm. after that, Canadian Olympic uh, Committee says pretty much puts together like a self-imposed uh, boycott of the Olympics and says, if it's held in 2020, we're not going. And then after that, yeah. I think Australia follows. And you just start to see all these little dominoes falling. USA Swimming, USA Track and Field, they also said, you know, we're, we're in favor of a postponement. And eventually, USA, uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee also gets on board. So there's a lot of big voices now in the IOC's ear. And finally, I believe it was on, it might have been Tuesday. Uh, so whatever March 20, March 22nd was when, IOC President Thomas Bach wrote a letter to athletes saying that they are considering a postponement of the Tokyo Games, and they needed four weeks to make a decision. The following day after that, I think Dick Pound, shout out to Dick Pound, uh, says that the Olympics are going to get postponed, and a lot of people ran with that story and was like, okay, it's official. Not quite yet. The IOC needed to make it official. Literally, it was former head of IOC, Dick Pound. Yeah, like, see, Dick Pound doesn't work the IOC. And people ran with it. Um, but then, you know, that, that kind of was just like the, the signs were showing this postponement was coming. The next day, the Japanese prime minister says he's come to an agreement with the IOC 
to postpone the Olympics to summer 2021. So that was, you know, that's the final big sporting event of of the calendar year. And like, it just seemed like it was never, it it was never going to happen this year. To, in my opinion, it would not have been wise to hold this event as, as much as I love the Olympics. Uh, we've been thinking just this since January. The best. So we've been thinking this since January. Yeah, because, I mean, we like the very first time we talked about coronavirus was in our January podcast when, mm-hmm. like, the World Indoors was was canceled. And so for us, like, it's been in the back of our heads. And ne- then all of a sudden it's just really blown up into a pandemic. And definitely should, like, this decision I honestly think should have come sooner. And, like, for a lot of these athletes, there was so much uncertainty in the last, like, two or three weeks when they're out there pushing their bodies even still in workouts or trying to find a way to get by without – uh, sort of the gym or their training, their, their training partners. It was just so complex where you would have hosted an Olympic trials or an Olympics and you weren't going to send the athletes at their strongest. And no one really wants that. That's, that's yeah. not the best forward for the Olympics. So what was your initial reaction to seeing the official decision come down that the Olympics were postponed for a year? That, I mean, first reaction hands down was like, yeah, makes total sense. And I, and, and I'm glad it's just, it's the, it's the a safest, option for everybody involved but also like even if it was able to happen it would be such like a last minute decision they'd be like oh so guys uh with a month to go it looks like we can sneak in the olympics and the olympics is is like literally human beings at their athletic best like the best and it's not an every year thing this is every four and it's so dependent on timing and cycling and like it's not just something you can get ready for in that short period of time like i think about like outside of the running world like you think about gymnasts gymnasts specifically are like all right four years out they're like all right this is i I am planning on going to the olympics so they're they have to be so dedicated. And I feel in like Olymp- gymnasts tend to only have like one Olympics they ever get to go to. Runners can string together several. But um, it was all in all the correct decision. I mean, I, th- I think that, that, you know, that graphic, did you see the one where it was all the Olympic rings pulled apart? Yeah. They're all separate. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's the only option. It's the only For option. Sure. And with runners, there was so much of it that also would have been unfair because the entire outdoor season has been wiped out. And there are still people who need to hit standards. If you look at someone like, you know, granted, like a team like the Bowerman Track Club has, you know, a stacked roster and so many of them have qualifiers already. But someone like Evan Jager hasn't gone over hurdles. Uh, Like it's exactly. uh, And... I'm saying steeples. Like, he hasn't steepled in over a year. So his chances of hitting, you know, the Olympic trials qualifier or, like, even the the Olympic qualifier would have been limited. Granted, if you give him one opportunity, he's going to do it. But still, like, it would have – it's not just him. There's, you know, the middling athletes, like, people who just want to get to the trials and make an Olympic trials final. Those opportunities were just not there, and I don't think it would have been fair – for those athletes then from there like there's hypotheticals being you know floating around athletes heads about you know are they just going to do a, a system where they take you know the people who already have the qualifiers or rank high enough and that's just like not the way you select an olympic team the yeah, trials the way they are 
Yeah. And they're the best system in place. Completely takes away the opportunity to be like, no, I'm actually on. Like, like, like you look at like Alphine, look at, look at the marathon trials, how crazy and unsuspected that were. If you were just to pick who you think it would, it's, it's, it's not the same team. It's not who has already achieved the standard. That like that's how the system works. We would have had a completely different team if we just went whoever had the fastest three times or four times technically. But like, yeah, I think that it's the only only real option was to move it. There wasn't wasn't any other choice at this point. What do you make of all the uh, marathons being clumped together? Sort of like there's going to be some maniac who's going to attempt all five or four, but. I'm big- uh, that's actually like something to look forward to this year. If you know, like, I'm also still a little weary of the fact that like even September seems a little early for for something like this. It's a, a, an event of that scale could be held. Yeah. But it's just like I mean, granted, right now people can look forward to that. The the summer, who knows what it does and like where we're at with fighting the the virus. But I I mean like to to look ahead and see that on the calendar. That's that's nice. I think um, Tempo um, Tempo Journal put up a really nice graphic where it was like every single weekend there's something. There's a race. Um, I mean, I'm personally going to be um, – you all heard, heard, heard it here first. This is – I don't know if anybody's called it this yet. Um, it's the U.S. Triple Crown. Okay. Boston, Chicago, New York. Three races, three months. That's what I'm looking forward to, but what do you think we could hit? Like, what would make it competitive? Because I do like yeah that idea of a triple crown on aggregate time. Is that how we would do it? Yep, aggregate time, baby. Whoever who who can who can run the best who can run all three decently. <laughs> decently, because fast is gonna be tough. Fast three fast in three months. That's tough. Yeah, you got you got to pick like one that's really good, and then other two that are like. Okay, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I have been toying with the idea that if you complete all all of the world majors, um, the one, two, three, four, five, you do get a commemorative wheelchair at the end. Um, <laughs> who needs the medal? You just get a wheelchair if you do it in this cycle. Um, but no, I think it's going to. I really hope this is like where my head has gone is that this current running boom feeds into that that people who are going to be finding running in these next couple months are going to have an opportunity to see so much exciting running happening it's like oh this thing that i'm just now getting into you're telling me that there are all of these like world class events happening right now at the at this time and they're all together that sounds pretty exciting and it'll just like i think increase exposure to the sport at a time when we stand a lot to gain which for sure and i like that analogy because in a way that's sort of how i got hooked into the sport i you know got to college figured i'm not i'm gonna avoid the freshman 15 i'm gonna start running every day so i started running a little bit more ran a 5k which is what a lot of people might be doing once this thing starts to races start to open up you see something like a 5k or a 10k you put that on your calendar you do it then after you finish the race, you have a time in your head. My personal best is X, Y, Z. So mm-hmm. for me, it was something like 20 minutes. You somehow come across a stream or a televised race, and you see the times that these people are running. 
and it's super impressive. And now because you started running and you see what the best are doing and performing at, you start to get a little bit hooked. And so I think there will be a lot of people who have that similar experience to me uh, down the road. And that's that's something that's good for the sport. Um, is. When it comes to this entire spring season and or summer for the most part, yeah. being wiped out, what was the, I mean, the easy one is Kipchoge versus Bekele in London. What were, what is the one athlete or, you know, matchup that you were looking forward to that you don't get to see this spring, early summer? I mean, that was 100% the matchup. That was like, that's like the heavyweight champion of the world right there. That's like, who, and, and I mean, and then the fact that like that Kipchoge and Michele are just two totally different racers, that it 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 fits so much like a heavyweight title match, that like this one has this going in their corner, and if we look over at this person, you would have been able to like follow their training, and especially with how things are now with social media, you can really keep up with what people are doing, and how things are going. I mean, that being like the number one missed one of the year but i think my number two since since you already called the big one i was so excited for the u.s women's 10k just because of how much of a bloodbath is not the word but how much of a fight the marathon was and how everyone's top picks didn't make it so it's like all right now it's like redemption on the track that's what i was waiting for was the 10k redemption race of everybody being like all right here's something totally different but people are still so fired up which is crazy because like the 10k on the track is like the one event that has lost its sexiness over the years where like people are like why do i want to sit down and watch a 28 to you know 30 something minute race uh, but no, you do raise you do raise a great point. For me, honestly, I think the one athlete I was looking forward to the most and seeing what he could do this year, Donovan Brazier in the 800, because he was just on such a tear during the indoor season. Granted, like he does have the benefit of being young, so like yeah. this is easy for him to just continue going on to another year. But I'm sure he would have been able to lower his American record outdoors. Who yeah. knows how much of a scare he could have given the world record. And speaking of the world record holder, like David Radisha has said he's not done. Like he's still sort of, I guess, active. I mean, he's had a really, really rough couple of years since the Rio Olympics where, you know, it looks like, one, he's gained some weight. Two, you know, he's been injured. Three, he's got some a lot of personal issues that he's been battling. But if he, you know, really did commit himself and this gives him, I think, a little bit more time, could we have seen him in Tokyo? Could we still see him in Tokyo next year? And what does that mean for someone like a Donovan Brazier and still like someone like Nigel Amos taking him on head to head? Could we have had like the best Olympic final or can we still have the best Olympic 800 meter final in history? Um, it's going to be super, super hard to top, to top something like London 2012, which, in my opinion, is the perfect race. But, you know, I, I was really, really looking forward to seeing what Donovan Brazier could have done some sometime this after season. Um, I so he's that, definitely, like, near the top of the list. 
I think that like that's 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 part of now. It's like this whole new element of a challenge that no one expected. It's like, how do you now, a, maintain? Not necessarily. There's no way to like perfectly maintain what you're doing. But how do you smartly, safely get another year ahead? And it, how can how can you do this to your benefits? And we're gonna. This is where some smart coaching is gonna come in. And some some good athletes are gonna, I think, come out of this. Like some people might not have been super prepared going in. Who knows? Maybe this is like maybe this will be someone's golden opportunity. I was gonna say you were talking about world records, and I was gonna bring up uh, the brand new unratified um, hundred meter dash record from Britney Spears. I mean, who knows? Who knows? That's, I see that Instagram post sub six five nine something five nine seven or whatever i think five nine seven she she deleted the instagram (gasps) she did someone must have told her that because i I think daniel Wynn pointed out it was hand time so it doesn't count so maybe we'll have to see her in an actual race we'll have to we'll have to get her into a good into a good qualifier um what athlete do you for the most when it comes to the Olympics being postponed because here there's two there's two or three different parts to this whole thing where one you have the athletes especially women who plan a lot of their lives around a four-year cycle where they push they push off on uh you know having kids or getting married just so that they could focus their entire careers on uh you know that uh, on the Olympics then you've got athletes who we're getting up there in age and, you know, we're already looking forward to 2021 being like either their farewell or, you know, being fully retired. I'm thinking of someone like Nick Willis, who we had on the podcast recently. Yeah. Um, right. was already saying like 2021 is the year I really want to start, you know, dedicating to my kids and, you know, being there, whether it's, you know, skateboarding, snowboarding, whatever. He was already looking forward to these things. Then there's uh, the athletes who in the back of their head, their contracts are up at the end of 2020. A lot of contracts are structured to uh, finish at the end of an Olympic year. Now they'll probably be unattached or unsponsored for 2021. Maybe some companies have a little bit more leeway and sort of like, I guess, want to support them for the extra year. But you feel for those athletes as well, because then the, t- the thought is, if I'm not getting financially supported for this, like, how can I really give it my all for one more year? So retirement is forced in a way. So for you, I mean, someone like an Alistair Felix or a Nick Willis, like, who are you thinking of in, in these times where it's like, this is going to be 2021 may, may not be the easiest solution for them to swallow right now? I think about that as like that 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 that's the craziest part is like I hadn't ever thought about the economic like impact from a brand then not I hadn't even thought until a friend had brought it up and they're like my contract is is going to be up and I'm like I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about that like that that's not the first thing that came to my mind and like how do you prove your worth to a brand when you don't even have a race to to like show like here are my results here's like something tangible as like a reason of like hey yo please keep paying me to do this thing i love um i look at a lot of, i look a lot of and like you said i like the women's marathon field um of people who 
look at the rest of their careers and they're like and like that's definitely something i mean you can look at an incredible example examples like steph bruce where she was still able to take time off have kids have her family and now she's running better than she ever has before like i don't think by any means is it like a any means like a done deal but it's definitely a a question you have to ask where it's like what do i want to do with this time and like do you look at someone like, for example, like on the oldest side, like Bernard Lagat, like was was the marathon trials his last go or was he looking at hopping into track trials? And now that he'll be 43, I think he's going to be 43 when like this, when for 2021. I think he'll be 44, yeah, or something like that, yeah. And like, I know, because Abdi's 43 right now and it's like, what do you do? Um, and I don't think that like any of them have an answer at this point, just because like it's being a professional runner is not easy. That is, it, it is, it is such hard work all the time. And yeah, like especially as you continue to age, just like when when does it move away from competing on a professional scale to maybe you start transitioning into if you if you look at dina castor where dina is still chasing down goals but in a totally different frame than when she was in 2008 and yeah like you spend so much time like distance running specifically is like dependent on schedule like you can't just get in shape in two weeks yeah it's like i have to look at this thing this many months out when i'm thinking olympics it's like i'm looking this far out and i think i think that people have enough the good thing is that people now have enough time to to really think about it and be like all right can i can i still pull this out can i can i ramp down and then ramp back up in enough time i don't know i it's it's just like this is this isn't this never happened it's all unprecedented, and it's like there's so much uncharted territory. That's why, like, when people were floating around the very, very silly idea of let's rerun the marathon trials now that we have another year, like, I thought that was one the dumbest thing. No one with any shred, I think, of credibility was actually like proposing that idea. Um, so when I tweet, she jumped right on it. She was like, "I will defend. I will defend yeah. these women." Yeah. So Des came out and was it kind of like that should have just squashed it. But then Yahoo Sports does a whole story with her, uh, sort of like pushing this idea. And she's like from the quotes, I felt like she wasn't having it. Um, where she was just like, no, I mean, like this idea, like it's not happening. It's not a thing. So then, like, I mean, then there was another, like, Runner's World story about, you know, the problems with rerunning the trials. It's just like, no, it's not happening. I spoke with Ed Torres, who's, like, the USATF long-distance chair, and he said that, you know, they are in favor of keeping the team as is. And they're, like, they'll come up with some sort of, like, test of fitness. Now, what that means, like, when I was talking to Lee Troop and, and Jake Riley about this, it was more of, like, you know, maybe it just means, like, race. Start a race or finish a race. And that's it. Like, that's all you have to do. Just to people know that you're still sort of active. Um, oh, it could be 10 push-ups on Instagram. Like, make, make that the, 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 the test. Uh, the one I want. So, like, that would – so, I mean, the, the team is in place. They're going to go to the Olympics. No one has to worry about them taking their spots. It's just a dream deferred for another year. Um, and so, 
Yeah, I mean, like, so that's that's at least one positive thing that has come out of this week is that no one has to worry about people losing their spots. And everyone who has qualified and hit times for 2020, uh, I just saw today that Seb Coe, the IWF president, said the times and the qualifiers are going to count for next year. So I think the windows end up being extended as well. So that's like all positive stuff. I do like, you know, there's going to be a lot of creative things that come out of the next couple months. People doing a lot of things solo. Um, I will be the first to say it here that the idea is being floated around for the return of the Blue Jean Mile in 2020 because that is a very solo venture. All you need to go out on the track and run really hard. And we have $1,000 for the first person to break four minutes in blue jeans. Now, here's something that's fairly interesting and a development that I'll, that I'll break on this podcast right now is I've been in talks because I have a friend of mine who works for American Eagle. And so because World Athletics has, you know, come out with their rules about shoes and you know, they, they, they had a little bit of leeway for the creativity there for technology to advance, right? We're going to do the same exact thing with blue jeans. And so the, when the rules came out in 2017 with the blue jean mile, Paul Snyder wrote, the jeans must be 100% cotton or denim to avoid any confusion over the eligibility of jeggings. Skinny jeans are permissible, but can't be commuters uh, and they have to live up to the required material standards. The 100% denim c- uh, content of the racing pants must be proven via photo of the tag on the jeans. But I have consulted with Paul as the as the godfather of the Blue Jean Mile, and we are taking technological advances into consideration here, and we are adjusting the rules for 2020, just like World Athletics did with the Alpha Fly and the American Eagle next level airflex athletic skinny jeans will be allowed because they are 73% cotton, 25% polyester and 2% uh, elastane. So I think the new rule is going to be 73% cotton. So we um we're we're going to be working like a reason that. we got stack height, we got cotton percentage. <laughs> so the blue jean mile will be coming back and this i think will allow for a little bit more uh of because b- before it was like an eight second difference between what a person could run and what they could run in jeans so, so we'll see how much of it makes a thousand dollars to the first sub four um it's happening well let's see it happen let's get creative let's have some fun let's bring let's create these races that still bring people a smile on their face and they laugh let's continue to do some doggo squats uh yeah we're gonna get uh, one day at a time uh i'm excited and matt i hope we'll have some people definitely reach out to you uh and help out for sure but uh yeah we're going to get through this. Working through this together. And the best part is running is still here. And it, we, 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 we live – 2020 is crazy as hell, but we're all so connected. So, like, no, nobody has to deal with all this alone, even though we're, like, pretty solo as we work through some of this stuff. Doesn't mean that you're alone. Yeah? we all working through it together. We're going to come out on the other side. Who knows? Maybe fit as hell – and ready to rip it up in some blue jeans. For sure. All right, Matt. 
thanks so much for taking the time for this. Uh, it's always good to catch up with you. Maybe I think the idea for next month's podcast for the April recap, we are going to not talk about coronavirus and we're only going to spread positivity and share positive news stories from the sport. I think that's the, that's the idea we can work with for next month. So I, I think since we won't have any um, ESPN really to look at, we can definitely, uh, I might, we might just go through Strava. I might like just start doing some Strava highlights of, of people that we saw. And I'll be like, oh, well, in anybody saw this. <laughs> awesome. All right, Matt. Take care. Wash those hands and be safe. Will do. Talk to you soon, Chris.